All right, everybody. Welcome back to Farmer's Jam Radio. Excited to be chatting with Tyler Thompson, the founder of Atlanta Green Market Fair, coming to Pond City Market this Saturday, April 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. This is the first annual Atlanta Green Market Fair. We are honored to be part of it. We'll be tabling along with some very cool vendors, which you'll learn more about in this episode. And the Farmer's Jam Band will be performing along the Beltline at 5 p.m. It's a free event, and there will be local green businesses throughout the complex at Pond City Market. Going to be very cool. We hope you're there to check it out. We chatted with Tyler about why he wanted to put on an event like this and what kind of impact events like these can have in our community. Wanted to give a shout out to Plantlanta State University, which is a program that teaches students how to live more sustainably through hands-on learning. It's a full day school takeover where they replace the curriculum for a day with hands-on projects. Plantlanta State University primarily serves underserved and under-resourced schools, elementary, middle, and high schools. Their big event is coming up in May, and they're launching a fundraiser that you can take part in. So head over to plantlanastateuniversity.org PSU to find out more. Grateful to be partnering with them, and you can also find them at the Atlanta Green Market Fair along with Farmer's Jam. We are looking forward to a great event, but for now, here's our conversation with Tyler. We will catch you on the other side. All right, everybody, welcome back to Farmer's Jam Radio. I'm here with Tyler Thompson, the organizer of the Atlanta Green Market Fair, coming up on Saturday, April 23rd at Pond City Market. It's the first Green Market Fair. Very excited to be a part of it and very excited that Tyler's here to share more about the vision. Tyler, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, James? Yeah, thanks for the enthusiasm. Uh, like, I like the energy you bring into this. Yeah, well, you know, we were... Uh, so we may have talked about this, but our, our biggest show was a couple of years ago in 2019. We did an Earth Day show. And it was on a Monday. We had about 300 people come out. And that was the event that, you know, kind of turned Farmer's Jam from like a a fun little thing we were doing into like, a, oh, my gosh, this is something we really got to do. Like, people are really into this. So Earth Day has a lot of meaning for us. And we're really grateful to to be part of it because now, you know, Pond City Market on a Saturday, this is for sure going to be our biggest show. So we're setting the bar higher once again on Earth Day, thanks to you. Oh, and I'm, I'm just grateful y'all are going to participate. Um, you know, the, the energy is going to be good. I think there'll be a lot of uh, the traffic along the Beltline and hopefully a lot of excitement for the fair and, and all the green businesses that are local to Atlanta uh, showing up to sell their stuff. So I think it should be a lot of fun. And we're happy to have you. So let's, I want to, I want to go back to kind of like how you came up with this idea or, or sort of like the, the origin story as it were. But before we do that, can you just give a quick overview of, you know, what people can expect at the green market fair? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, baseline, it's going to be roughly 40, 45 local green businesses, so sustainable businesses offering 
better alternatives, greener, more sustainable alternatives to things that you might, you know, find in your local grocery store or department store or wherever you go shopping, probably Amazon these days. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's a place if you care about spending wisely and buying green, uh, this would be the place to come check out. There, I think there's a lot of hidden gems in the city that people might be unaware of. And, and I can go through a list of some of the cool companies that will be there. But that's sort of the baseline for the event. And stacked on top of that, uh, we'll have some local environmental nonprofits there uh, showcasing their environmental work. And we'll have, you know, fun stuff uh, like Farmer's Jam band uh, hey. playing. And um, we'll have some speakers and workshops and panels throughout the day, uh, face painting with natural face paint and body paint, um, natural dyeing workshops, where you can bring your own T-shirt and uh, dye it with things like cochineal, which is uh, actually a dried beetle. Um, other like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. So, I mean, there's going to be some cool, fun, engaging activities. All of it centered around the idea of, you know, what, what's what's a better way of doing things? What's a more sustainable way of doing things in your business, in your community, um, in your home? So that's that's kind of the crux of everything. And uh, that's that's the vibe that you can expect. If you've never been to Pond City Market, it's a really cool space. We'll be spread out throughout the property uh, along the Beltline and then on the first floor on the North Avenue side uh, in that courtyard area. So uh, lots lots of uh, different fun, engaging activities happening throughout the day from, from 10 to 6. So if you, if you haven't gotten your uh, – if, if you don't have any plans for Earth Day weekend, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, and it's, you know, as you said, it's around Pond City Market. So it's a free, it's not ticketed. You can just come, uh, come peruse at Pond City Market. And in addition to all the cool stuff that's already there, there's going to be a bunch of cool green local businesses. I can shout a couple out. Our friends at Fresh Harvest will be there. Akisi Stokes at Wonder Grubs, one of my favorite local businesses, is going to be there. As you said, there's going to be like 40 people. So we're not going to name all of them. But if you if you follow ATL Green Market on Instagram, you'll get a really good feel for um, who's going to be there and what the event's going to be like. And there's also a link to RSVP, so you'll get a reminder, you'll get directions, all that kind of stuff. Can you real? Is it is it just ATL Green Market? What's the what's the Instagram handle? Yeah, ATL Green Market, and that's the same as the website. Uh, apparently, you can get dot market dot store in addition to dot com dot net these nice. days. So, yeah, market. Okay, cool. All right, with the important stuff, the highlights out of the way, let's let's get into the real story. Because I remember when you first called, your, your first initial uh, vision of this, as told to me, was that it was going to be a relatively small event on a farm. And... <laughs> It had been inspired by some work that your that your dad did. Um, so, can you just share a little bit about you know you, this the inspiration for this event and and kind of just like how far it's come even in even in year one? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Thanks for that question. Um, I, I feel like I'm the beneficiary of my uh, dad's life work. I don't think everybody has the life work, but my dad does. He's been writing and researching at the intersection of ecology and economy for like 35 years, uh, longer than I've been alive. And so he, he published a book um, 
called The Environmental Entrepreneur, Where to Find the Profit in Saving the Earth, back in 1992. And at that time, those basically pairing those two ideas of economy and ecology, the environment and business, that idea didn't make any sense to the like to the business community. They didn't want anything to do with the environmentalists. Mm. To the environmentalists, they didn't want anything to do with business. Right. So it was already an idea ahead of its time. And actually, um, one of the companies who wrote about in that book um, threatened suit about something that he wrote, even though what he wrote was factual. The threat of the suit basically shut down the publication of the book. So oh, it was printed, but never really marketed. And, um, yeah, I mean, he never, he never stopped, uh, being interested in, in that sort of subject area. So he spent a long time as a freelance writer, uh, writing for a number of different corporations here in Atlanta, uh, and has been working on a number of books, one of which is a history of anthropogenic environmental decline. So the history of, of human caused environmental uh, destruction. Mm. It's, it's pretty interesting the way he lays it out. Another book that he's been working on is uh, related to how consumers can leverage their buying power to advance market-based solutions to environmental problems. So that methodology that he spells out in, in this most recent book that he's been working on is something that I thought was really cool um, and powerful. And I started working with him to try to self-publish that book uh, a couple of years ago and, and through that process decided, Hey, there's a lot more here to bring to life than this book. So I kind of left him with the book and decided to figure out some way to bring his ideas to life, figure out how, you know, green consumer advocacy or green consumer movement of some kind could be initiated. Um, you know, Atlanta might be a strange place to try to start that, but I actually think it, it has a unique offering. There's a lot of, even conservatism here, there's there's a degree of pragmatism in it that lends itself to environmental work if you're talking about it from a business perspective, uh, which is why you see a lot of major corporations like moving into uh, installing solar panels and, and, and whatnot because to some extent, a lot of this stuff just makes sense. Um, so I, I thought Atlanta could be uh, a, a playground basically for bringing some of these ideas to life. And in conversations with some of my friends, uh, we thought about having a starter event being something where we're just celebrating a couple green businesses that we liked that were here in Atlanta. And that was the idea. It, it was supposed to be a backyard bonfire kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> it just kind of evolved. Uh, we ended up getting offered a space at a really cool community farm in Kirkwood called Unearthing Farm and Market. Shout out to them. Um, so that was going to be the next space. So a little bit bigger of an idea, but still, you know, maybe maybe 20 or so tents um, and, a, and a band and kind of call it a day. But somehow <laughs> we landed Ponce and the idea grew. And uh, yeah, in its first year, it's, it's turning out to be kind of a, yeah, a large gathering to showcase the environmental work that's being done here locally in, in Metro Atlanta and Georgia more generally. So it's it's been kind of a unexpected uh, journey from from book to this event, and I, I hope it continues to grow and we, we find a way to all come together to uh, leverage our consumer power starting with this event.
Yeah, I love that that story, and I think I connect with it a lot personally because you know a lot of my work started with writing. I mean, I I was a sports journalist back in the day. Uh, um, oh, wow. Yeah, I covered like the SEC football, ACC. You know, I was at a lot of big big games. Uh, you know, hosted. A, uh, I had I've got like 250 sports podcasts under my belt back in like <laughs> 08, 08, 09, 10, 11, 12 ish kind of era. Um, but I I started writing more and more about you know getting more politically engaged, but writing more about the environment and uh, ended up self publishing a book because. I realized like I couldn't, I just couldn't keep writing about sports. I wanted to, um, I just needed to shift, switch gears. And now that's another conversation, frankly. But the point, kind of the point was like, you do all this research and you have all this knowledge and it, there's, it, feel, it felt to me like there's a limitation on what, you know, a book could actually accomplish. And like, I got to the point where I was like, I want to like, take all these things that I've learned and observed and people that I've met and like contribute something, you know, directly to it other than writing about it. Like I wanted to build something and that, you know, that's been a 10 year journey now culminating in informing Farmer's Jam. And I'm, you know, it's, it's definitely been an unexpected journey, but yeah, I've, you know, I just, it's a, it's an inspiring story to me. And I, you know, it's, it's cool to, uh, to connect with you and, and like feel that sense of community and like, you know, like-mindedness. Um, you kind of mentioned the term unexpected a couple of times and I'm curious as like, um, you know, obviously jumping from a backyard to ponds was very unexpected, but has there been any of the like businesses you've met along the way or nonprofits you've met along the way that have kind of blown your mind in any sense? Like, wow, I didn't know that was a thing or I, you know, had no idea people were working on this. Yeah, I think, uh, there was a number of them, uh, that we found that were local and I just, I, I wouldn't have expected those kinds of companies to exist here. Uh, but, Example I often use is a company called the Jack Ellis Company, and it's uh, out in Avondale Estates. So they're kind of a unicorn. I mean, there's other companies doing this, but really none in the metro Atlanta area. Uh, essentially, like when trees come down in the city, so it could just be a tree blows over in a park or, you know, in a storm or the tree in your front yard gets struck by lightning or whatever it is. Um, trees that come down in the city I found out through working with this company, go to the landfill for the most part, which that blew my mind. I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if anyone listening uh, to this has ever been to a landfill, but if you haven't, I would definitely suggest checking it out. It is a mind blowing landscape. It's sort of like in the lion King um, when Simba was told not to go to the elephant graveyard. That's that's what it feels (laughs) like at a landfill. Oh gosh. This dark, horrible place with buzzards, like just ravenous buzzards flying in the air and um, overseeing it. Um, but <laughs> anyways, I, I couldn't imagine trees going there and just mm. being uh, like part of that landscape. Um, so anyways, this company basically takes those trees, mills them on site and turns them into custom furniture for your home. So what that does is, you know, you're buying a Jack Ellis table. Uh, first of all, it has a cool story because it could be that it's a table made from a tree in your front yard that you had to take out for whatever reason. 
So it could be the table from the tree in your front yard. Um, but more than that, it's like you're not buying a tree or sorry, a table that was made from a tree that was cut down on purpose mm. for that table. So that, that tree that would have been cut down for your table is still up. And the tree that just came down because it had to, uh, in the city is, um, not in a landfill. It's, it's in your kitchen table or it's in your kitchen at the table. So like, I, I just, I thought that was a really cool, um, business that I had no idea existed here. And it's exemplary of some of the other businesses that will be there. A lot of the companies that will be out at this event are utilizing waste streams um, to to make their products. So they're avoiding waste and also displacing the need for raw materials that would be used to create, you know, an alternative product that you probably buy wherever you go shopping. So that, I think that the Jack Elf company kind of stands as a premier example of the kinds of companies that will be featured at the fair. So just, and I, I can, you know, we can relate to that at Farmer's Jam in the sense that, you know, our peach pie Farmer's Jam, that's made with seconds peaches, which to your point would ordinarily just be thrown out, maybe composted in the best case scenario. But, you know, we're, we're rescuing a product that would otherwise go to waste and adding value to it, making it really delicious and yeah, like that is a big part of the the mentality is is kind of like you know it is waste reduction in, in a big way. I think we do have a, a pretty you know wasteful society, unfortunately. Um, I just have to ask about Jack Ellis. Like, is that is, would you call them as if you would normally call an arborist? Like, oh, this tree's down. I need to get it removed. Like, who should I call? Oh, I can call Jack Ellis. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, you can call them, and they, they work with an arborist. So the arborist will come out and do an assessment, uh, take okay. the tree down if it needs to come down or if it's already down, do what they do. Then they come and drop it off. And so, like, it's, it's actually beneficial for them, too, because typically they would have to pay a landfill tipping fee for dropping off a tree. Right. So they're actually avoiding the cost of doing that, and they're not driving. I mean, landfills don't exist in the city. You have mm. to drive pretty far away to get to a landfill. Uh, in this case, you're just driving to Avondale Estates, got them tree off for free, and um, probably getting a lot of business because <laughs> Jack Ellis Company is um, probably, you'll probably be on a wait list if you call them at this point. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. They're pretty packed. But there's there's other companies like that uh, that exist outside the city, um, but he's um, probably the best example of uh, that kind of business inside the city. And he's an awesome guy. His name's Whit, Whitney Wolf. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting him. Um, I'm curious about, you know, <laughs> obviously this event has already uh, grown beyond your expectations, but um, when, if you're thinking about, you know, big picture impact, and just to kind of share a couple of other details, like y'all are also really concerned about, you know, the type of materials people are using at the events and how we're going to, you know, make it zero waste and composting. And, you know, it isn't just about there being green businesses and driving commerce. You know, the whole intention you're putting behind the event is to make it as um, green as possible. And I, I think something else you've been doing uh, and I don't know if you want to share more about this or not, but you've been also very forthcoming with the vendors and people involved about, you know, areas that you're 
kind of not meeting your own expectations and where you want to improve and acknowledging that this is year one and, you know, we're learning so much. But, you know, the intention you're putting behind the event, I think people will really see it when they get there. But long term, you know, how do you do you think that this kind of event is going to be able to, you know, change people's mindset? Like, what do you think is going to be the long term impact of doing events like these? Yeah, thanks for that question, and um, and also for shouting us out for, the, I guess, the process part of it, because it is a first-time event, and we are getting things wrong sometimes, and uh, we are learning, and we want to be as transparent about that stuff as possible. We'll be publishing an impact report from this event, kind of showcasing the journey uh, for any of you who are interested in, in seeing what that looks like, um, and also what our impact was, how much landfill waste were we able to divert because of this event. Um, how much, how many carbon offsets were purchased um, by attendees of this event, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Speaking of that, we should talk about the the Greencom company too, because that's been kind of fascinating. Uh, learning about what their mission is, they're one of the key sponsors of the event. Yeah, they are. They're our main event event sponsor, and they're basically a bridge between for profit companies and nonprofit companies in the environmental space. So if you download the app and use it to buy things throughout your day, even if you're not shopping at, quote, unquote, a, a green company, um, like it could be the Cheesecake Factory, but you earn cash back on your purchases. And then they've uploaded a number of environmental projects and programs that you can fund directly with your cash back dollars. So that, that app will be in use at our event. And many um, of the companies that will be featured, you'll be able to earn cash back on your purchases with them and directly fund the nonprofit organizations that will be in attendance as well. So yeah, their, their, their app is really cool. And um, we're, we're grateful that they've been sponsoring this event and also that it will be um, usable at the event, like with our, with our vendors and nonprofit partners. So yeah, shout out to them. Um, and in terms of your, your question about kind of future state, I think, you know, the intention of, of this event is to connect green consumers with green producers, right? Green businesses. That's kind of the key here. We're working on the adoption curve and saying, you know, the more that these local green businesses grow their business and scale, uh, the more that communicates to the marketplace that green businesses are the kinds of businesses consumers want to support. So that does a couple things. Uh, first of all, and it's, it, creates economies of scale for those businesses and you know over time you'll see prices drop and now it becomes more accessible because you know one of the problems um, that we run into when we're talking about like buying green is that not everyone can afford to uh, there is such thing as a green tax uh, and it's just mm. it's just the reality of the situation it's, it's more difficult to um, price your products competitively uh, in some cases, when you're operating sustainably, because the supply chains just don't support sustainably uh, grown materials uh, in many cases. Uh, but the more that these businesses grow, the more those supply chains are reinforced and the more affordable uh, sourcing becomes and the lower the prices become and the more people can afford it. And that drives even more purchases. And so you kind of work on that adoption curve. Um, 
And that's a good thing. That's what's going to help advance businesses that are doing things right. But it also communicates to businesses that aren't necessarily working to make their businesses more sustainable that there's actually money to be made by operating sustainably because that's what consumers are looking for. So, you know, at its heart, I think this event is just to connect. It's, it's an early stage. Like, let's connect those people who do care with both those businesses that also care and are trying their best. And by connecting them and, and kind of sticking with them, helping those businesses grow, I think we'll see, uh, you know, changes in the next year or, or whatever it is, the gap between now and the next event. And uh, each event can basically perpetuate uh, those connections and and grow the local green economy and start pushing it forward. I think it'll probably be kind of like a slow start, but if you're looking at uh, like the distribution curve um, for adoption, it picks up. You know, the more people that engage with it. Um, the more those businesses grow, the more those kinds of businesses exist. So I, I think at the end of the day, um, this event is, is more of a launch. It's, it's a spark, an ignition source. And we'll, we'll have lots of work to do between uh, now and, you know, the future state of having, like, all businesses be operating sustainably because that's just what it means to do business. Like, that's kind of the vision I have. Doing business should be about doing good. You know, it shouldn't be about making money at any cost. For me, I think the co-op model makes a lot of sense because it it's about supporting stakeholders, not shareholders. Mm. Uh, just like with fast fashion, there's uh, – <laughs> I don't know what the term would be, but it's, it's fast business um, by seeking – by seeking venture capital money and then you're beholden to your, your, your shareholders, right? Um, yeah. In the company. But with a co-op model, it's, it's about supporting your community. It's about supporting your employees, your, your vendors that you work with, uh, and your customers. And so I, I think from this event, I could foresee like a marketplace that's grown out of this, um, which is basically a place that you can go to buy green. Like a green city market one day. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tyler, I've made um, I've made some notes here about some topics that I'd love to follow up with you about. Um, I don't. We don't have the time today to dive into it. Um, but for now, you know, just encourage everyone listening. Come on out to Pond City Market. It's going to be uh, Saturday, April twenty third, uh, ten to six. The Farmers Jam Band is going to be playing around five o'clock. Our good friend Ooh. Cam Christian. Yes, yes. Get excited. Um, our good friend Cam is going to be uh, playing a little bit as well. Um, so, Cam Christian, a new album out, Palmetto. If you're a listener to Farmer's Jam Radio, then you've already heard Palmetto, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cam, of course, is the producer of Farmer's Jam Radio. So, uh, you know, if you if you if you're listening to us and you're not listening to Palmetto, he's secretly behind the computer judging you. I'm just letting you know. Okay, (laughs) just letting you know. Um, But yeah, one. I just want to drop this in just for you. Have you ever heard of a book, uh, Slow Money? Slow money. Slow money, yeah. I, I 
I'm pretty sure I got it. It's written by a guy named Woody Tash, and it's kind of based on the slow food movement. But when you talked about like fast fashion, it was like, oh, yeah. And he talks about how quickly money leaves communities and how it, you know, doesn't get circulated anymore and how that leaves most people poorer or worse off. And that money just goes straight to a corporate account. Sometimes it just goes offshore. And, you know, there's a very select few people benefiting from that system. Um, So anyway, like I said, I wrote down a few things that I want to follow up with you about. So this is the beginning of our conversation. And again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for putting on the event and including Farmer's Jam. And we're really looking forward to, uh, to jamming out with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there, to having the band play, and uh, to our future conversations. So thanks for the opportunity to, to chat. All right. Yeah, much appreciated. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for checking out our interview with Tyler Thompson. Once again, we hope to see you out at the Atlanta Green Market Fair at Pond City Market on Saturday, April 23rd. Event is from 10 to 6. We'll be out there tabling all day, but the Farmer's Jam Band will be shutting it down at 5 p.m. on the Beltline. Should be a really good time. Farmer's Jam Radio was created by Longleaf Media, hosted by myself and produced by Cam Christian with music by Nomad. Check out the whole world of Farmer's Jam at www.thefarmersjam.com. This is going to be our biggest year ever. We're so excited that you're listening and growing with us. But head over to the website. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can pre-order some jam. Stay in the loop about all our upcoming events. Y'all know the drill by now. So with that being said, y'all stay safe out there and jam on.